The White House has been informed that the 37th president, Richard Nixon, has died. Only moments ago, the president was informed, the senior staff was informed. Sources here tell us that uh, the president will be coming out into the Rose Garden probably within a uh, half hour or so to make a statement. His service to me and to our country during this period was like the rest of his service to the nation for nearly half century. He gave of himself with intelligence and devotion to duty. And his country owes him a debt of gratitude for that service. We face today a world of increasing uncertainty and difficult challenges. But it is a world of great opportunity, and no small part because of the vision of Richard Nixon during a particularly difficult period of the Cold War. All Americans, indeed all people throughout the world, owe him what he regarded as the ultimate compliment. He was a statesman who sought to build a lasting structure of peace. April 22, 1994, President Richard Nixon died near his home in Park Ridge, New Jersey. He was 81 years old. Prior to his death, the president had made it known that, despite being one of very few Americans eligible for a state funeral in Washington, D.C., he wanted his services to be held in Yorba Linda, California, in the shadow of the two-bedroom house that was his childhood home, where the Richard Nixon Presidential Library had opened just four years earlier. What followed was an event unlike any other in modern U.S. history, a full state funeral that occurred entirely outside of our nation's capital. Despite cold temperatures and intermittent rain that is uncharacteristic of the small city in Orange County, California, it's estimated that roughly 50,000 people waited in line for up to 18 hours to walk past the president's casket and pay their respects. We were there 25 years ago with two of my daughters, Olivia and Anna. We were in line through the night and we were coming up the steps to the library when the Today Show aired with Brian Gumbel. It was 4 a.m. Olivia brought a bouquet of flowers to pay respects with her name and address. And a few weeks later, we received a note from the library. She was 13 and was very excited to receive it. I told my girls this was an American history happening with the president lying in state here and not DC. Cindy Martinez. It was an interesting few days as President Nixon's service was being prepared for. I remember being on the freeway when his motorcade with family in tow made their trek to the library. I can also remember getting to the library and parking at a grocery store parking lot, only to walk what seemed like miles to get in line. We meandered through the Yorba Linda neighborhood adjacent to the library from approximately 7 p.m. through 6.30 a.m. the following morning when we finally were on the grounds to pay our respect. Our family was on our feet the entire time, talking with one another, talking to strangers, moving at a very slow pace. Some of the homeowners gave us hot cocoa, others much needed restrooms, while others left the lights on so that we could see our way through the streets. My husband and I, along with friends who lived in Brea, were in line 25 years ago to pay our respect to President Nixon. We drove up from San Diego, went by to get our friends who wanted to attend with us, but got there too late to sign the book. They were just taking it inside as we arrived. We were leaving the next morning with our friends for a trip to Mazatlan, Mexico. 
The four of us watched the funeral a few days later from our condo in Mazatlan. Jenny Carson. I recall standing in line all night to pay my respects to President Nixon. I had not been a big supporter of him, but I did respect the office of the president and recognized his longtime service to this country. While in line, the conversation was normal among all of us, and that helped divert our attention from the cool temperatures. But as we arrived at the location of Mr. Nixon's casket, all talk stopped. I think that we were all together in our realization that we could honor a man and his service to our great country. Dave Cleary. I was working in Brea, and I rushed over to the library after work. I saw that the line was growing for blocks. Looking for the end of the line, I noticed my mother's stepbrother was there too, so I joined him. I talked his head off for hours, so a standing line went on and on. I found another co-worker in line and talked his ear off too. There seemed to be thousands of people, and the energy in the air was high excitement. After six hours, I finally approached the entry. As I walked in the library, the aura changed to sadness, and it was complete and solemn silence. I marveled at the four military men standing at each corner of the casket. They were tall and perfectly fit with chiseled looks. They stood perfectly still without a bead of sweat. The six hours in line was worth every minute. Rosemary Tuthill. My wife and two young daughters waited in line for almost five hours. Grew tired, so we left our flowers on the monument sign. We later came to find out that all the flowers left like ours were gathered up and laid beside the grave on the lawn. Larry Barstow. When we arrived, our family passed by in awe of all the people and pageantry that comes with the president's funeral. The military guards were at their post. C-SPAN was there to record it all. Mourners were silent, some with tears, some with a fond yet serious smile reflecting on years gone by. I recall many of the people in line, not so much talking politics, but the era of the 60s and 70s. For me personally, I was a student at Cal State Fullerton at the time and was late to class the following day. One of my professors was struck by my dedication, for which I don't know, my love of country and politics or that I showed up to class. Later that day, I went home to watch the funeral on television. I still have the memorial card given out by the docents. It's been framed with a funeral program and a personal photo that I took only days later when President Nixon's headstone was installed. If funerals could ever be beautiful, that was surely one of them. Ted Stell. The funeral was attended by all five living U.S. presidents, by a congressional delegation of over 100 members, and a foreign diplomatic corps of over 200. President Nixon was eulogized by Secretary of State Henry Kissinger, Senator Bob Dole, Governor Pete Wilson, and President Bill Clinton. The funeral was officiated by President Nixon's longtime friend, Reverend Billy Graham. His public service kept him at the center of the events that have shaped our destiny. This week, Time Magazine says that by sheer endurance, he rebuilt his standing as the most important figure of the post-war era. As a President's Club member of the RNLB, I was invited to attend the President's State Funeral. I remember after security checks, we were transported by bus to the library. I was on a bus that was filled with mostly Millhouse family members. I could tell by the characteristic nose. 
they were very warm and friendly. The service was quite solemn, and Senator Dole's speech brought a tear to my eye. So many famous and consequential people were in attendance. I kept pinching myself, wondering if it was all real. I consider it a great honor to have been invited to such a memorable event. Grace Ficarola. In the end, what matters is that you have always lived life to the hilt. Strong, brave, unafraid of controversy, unyielding in his convictions, living every day of his life to the hilt, the largest figure of our time, whose influence will be timeless. That was Richard Nixon. How American. May God bless Richard Nixon. And may God bless the United States. Dominance reflects strengths. Leadership must be earned. And Richard Nixon earned that leadership role for his country with courage, dedication, and skill. In the final years of his life, President Nixon, ever the statesman, became a trusted advisor to President Bill Clinton. Today is a day for his family, his friends, and his nation to remember President Nixon's life in totality. To them, let us say, may the day of judging President Nixon on anything less than his entire life and career come to a close. May we heed his call to maintain the will and the wisdom to build on America's greatest gift, its freedom, to lead a world full of difficulty to the just and lasting peace he dreamed of. By all accounts, President Nixon remained as sharp, disciplined, and determined as ever, even in the final days of his life. Remarkably, he wrote nine of his ten books after he left the presidency, working his way back into the arena he so loved by writing and thinking and engaging us in his dialogue. For the past year, even in the final weeks of his life, he gave me his wise counsel, especially with regard to Russia. One thing in particular left a profound impression on me. Though this man was in his ninth decade, he had an incredibly sharp and vigorous and rigorous mind. Following the funeral, President Nixon was laid to rest on the grounds of the library, beside his wife of over 50 years, Pat Nixon. Pat had died less than one year prior. He is survived by their daughters, Trisha Nixon-Cox and Julie Nixon-Eisenhower, and four grandchildren. It's only a beginning, always. The young must know it. The old must know it. It must always sustain us. Because the greatness comes not when things go always good for you, but the greatness comes and you're really tested when you take some knocks, some disappointments, when sadness comes. Because only if you've been in the deepest valley can you ever know how magnificent it is to be on the highest mountain. President Nixon's burial site 
Childhood Home, and Presidential Library remain open to the public in Yorba Linda, California. The Richard Nixon Foundation extends its thanks to those who wrote in with personal stories recalling President Nixon's funeral, which were read by Foundation staff for the purpose of this podcast. On behalf of the Foundation and the Nixon Now podcast, I'm Allie Fitzgerald in Yorba Linda, California. Please rate, review, and subscribe, and tune in next week for another episode of the Nixon Now podcast. Podcast.